Today we began a brand new series called Weird. Now we're not talking about creepy weird or wacky weird or don't ever get close to me again weird. We're not talking about that kind of weird. We're not talking about the ostrich uh, nap pillow weird or the dancing with Jesus bobblehead weird. We're not talking about that kind of weird either. We're, We're talking about the kind of lives that we're asked to live. Because actually, Jesus asked us not to live a normal life. Jesus asked us to live a weird life. Because if we were honest for, with ourselves and we looked at normal living, here's what we would find. Normal isn't working. For instance, if you think about normal for a little bit, normal schedules are overwhelmed. They're rushed. They're stressed out. They're on the go. There's, there's never enough time for us to do everything that we, we want to do, everything that we're supposed to do. Normal finances mean that we are broke. It means that we're debt, that we never have enough money. Normal relationships, it's kind of like going to sweet frog yogurt, right? You go in, you try every single flavor that's there, and at the end, you go back to the one that you like the best. And that's kind of how we run relationships when we're living a normal life. Or when it comes to marriage, normal marriages, they're, they're broken, they're, they're messed up. And so what do we do instead of trying to fix them, instead of trying to work on them? Man, we just move from them. We, we go back to Sweet Frog and we try out some more flavors and we go find another one. But this is what normal looks like. And yet we're not called to live normal lives. We're called to be different. That if we say we want to follow Jesus, we are called to live a weird and strange life. One that's very different than the world that we live in. And so over the next four weeks, we are going to talk about what it looks like to live this weird life. This very different life than maybe we are used to living right now. Or that we're, we're used to seeing in the lives of so many others. We're going to start this morning by looking at a passage in Matthew chapter 7. Starting with verse 12 here. Jesus has been having this conversation with this group of people, and he's like, hey, this is what it looks like to follow me. This is what it's like to be a disciple. And he, he throws this in. We, we call this the golden rules, what it came to be known as. But here's what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Now, Jesus here is talking about discipleship. He's like, this is what you need to do. If you really want to experience what it's like to follow me, then then do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I mean, live this kind of life. Have this unselfish love, this unconditional love that, that your actions that you take express this unselfish love that you have because you are fully following me. But then Jesus gives an example of what following him looks like. And it's, it's actually pretty tough. Look at what he says in verse 13. He says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. He says, the highway to hell, which sounds like a song, is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. This imagery that Jesus uses here would have been pretty normal for the Jewish people to have heard Uh, Because this road was really their moral path. And and on your moral path, you had two choices. You had this wide road with this wide gate that you could go down, or or you had this narrow gate and this narrow path that you could take in in your life. But let's look at both of these. So if we talk about this wide path, and I, I love the translation here. It calls it a highway, right? So it's like it's a really, really big road. There's a wide gate to it, and people are just flowing down this road. 
I mean, they're zooming down. They're doing 110 miles an hour. It's like being on I-95 once you get south of, of Fredericksburg. But it's a busy road, and people are there, and everybody's like, man, this is great. This is wonderful. Now, they're wrecking, and they're having crashes, but they're like, hey, we'll be okay. And they just keep zooming down this, this same road because it seems like everyone else is on the same road, too. They're on the same highway. But it's really going nowhere. Like, we know the destination, but the people on the highway really don't. But, but then there's this other road, and it's, it's not a highway. It's, it's a path. And, and the gate to get in this path is, is small, it's narrow, and, and what you get on the path, it kind of meanders around. It's not a big highway. You're not flying down this, this road, down this path. It's, it's very, very different. But these are the teachings of Jesus. And, and again, Jesus is saying, hey, my, my teachings, they're, they're tough. They're hard, and sometimes it's hard to follow along with them, but this is what it looks like to follow me. Like, this is what it looks like to follow the world and to be normal, but this is, this is what it looks like to be weird. In fact, if we look at some of Jesus' teachings, here's what we find. Here's what normal says. Normal says don't commit adultery. Here was Jesus' weird teaching. It was anyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Normal says it's all about me. Jesus' weird teaching says anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Normal says someone smacks your face, you know, smack them back. Jesus' weird teaching says if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Normal says if someone wrongs you, sue them. Jesus' weird teaching was if someone wrongs you, forgive them. Not just seven times, but 70 times seven times see we have these two paths we can choose these two roads that we can take this one's got this wide gate and this highway and there's tons of people on it and everybody seems like they're on and they're going down this path but normal's not really working for them and then you have this narrow gate and you have this narrow path and the people on that one <laughs> they're kind of weird but this is the one that we've been called to take in our life. And the people on that highway, they're going to look over at our path. They're going to say, why are you going so slow? Look at us. I mean, we're flowing. We're flying. This is great. And this is wonderful. You should be over here with us. And you're like, well, I've seen where normal takes me. I know where normal goes. And, and that's not the kind of life I want to live. I'm okay being different. I'm okay being weird. Because if we decide to follow Jesus, we are called to be weird. But does normal work? Uh, let's think for a second, do, do a practice with me, just a kind of a practical exercise. I want you to think about some people you know in your life. Coworkers, neighbors, family, friends, people you're really close to. And, and I, I want you to think about their life for a moment, and I want you to ask this question, how is normal working for them? Now, you, you may look at them as like, well, they got some really nice cars. They got a really nice house, and they go on some really killer vacations, and it seems like they, they work really hard, but they, they play really hard, too. I mean, I think normal's okay for them, but we do realize that's just a facade, right? That's just the outward appearance. I mean, if you really know these people, and you, you were to sit down with them and ask them this question, how, how is normal really working for you? You're going to find out a whole lot more. You're going to find out more about the relationships and maybe the brokenness that's there. 
how their marriage from the outside may look like everything's working, everything's great, but behind closed doors is a totally different story, or the relationship they have with family, or their kids, or, or their friends, whatever it may be, that these, these relationships are broken, but you can't tell from the outside. Normal seems like it's working, but it's really not. Or their finances, they're overwhelmed. I mean, they may have nice stuff, but they may be totally in debt and living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe we look at their, their schedules and their time, and, and man, their stress levels are off the charts. So from the outside, we may look and say, hey, normal seems to be working, but once we really get a little bit closer and we go a little bit deeper, what we see is that normal, normal isn't working at all. But let's ask ourselves that same question. Let's not look at your family members, your friends, your coworkers. Let's, let's look at ourselves. Look, look at you. And ask yourself that same question. Are you trying to live a normal life? Am I trying to live a normal life? And if we are, how is normal working for us? Because I'm guessing if we're trying to live a normal life, we're finding that normal isn't working. And again, that's why Jesus calls us to live this this weird life. But we get to choose. Do we want to go down the highway? Do we want to take this narrow path? But if we're in that role where right now we feel like we're living this normal life and we're flowing down this highway and we want to go down this, this weird road, this, this smaller path, how do we do that? What does it look like for us to change from here to here? And, and I want to share with you a few ideas this morning that I hope that can get us there uh, or to begin that process of moving us in that direction. Here's the first thing. To be weird, we have to think differently than normal people think. When I was in college, my senior year, I had to uh, get a job, I need to make some money, and so um, I, I took a commission job, which if you need to make money, that's not the job to take. But I was working for Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company. I came on as an intern, a college agent, and then actually stayed on with them for a couple of years after that. And uh, I, honestly, I wasn't very good at it, but that's beside the point. But um, I tried to meet as many people I knew in the business world, just to get some advice, just to have them mentor me a little bit. And so one of the guys was a successful businessman, commercial real estate guy in our church, and he agreed to have lunch with me. So we sat down, we're eating lunch, and about halfway through the lunch, he's like, hey, Chad, I really think you should read this book. And so he puts on the table, he puts a book by Nathaniel Hill called Think and Grow Rich. Now, maybe some of you have read it. Uh, I think I read 20 pages and I was done. I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about. But anyway, um, but in those 20 pages, I got the whole thesis was, here you go, think and grow rich. I mean, that was the whole idea behind this book. But it really was about a mindset change. It was about changing your mindset. If you could change your mindset, then you could basically do anything you want to do. If you change your mindset, it'll change who you are. It'll change your behaviors. You think it, and it will happen. Now, I thought it, but it didn't happen for me in this business that I decided to go into for a few years. But what I'm talking about is, when we think and we change our thinking, it's not for us to grow rich, all right? But our changing, if it thinks, we can grow to become more weird. We can grow to become more Christ-like. Last week, we read a passage out of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and I want to come back to that today because Paul writes these words and really talks about what we're talking about here. Here's what he says. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Paul gets it, right? 
He's like, here's the thing you want to change. You, you want to change your thinking. How do you do that? You, you get this new life, and how does that take place? Well, it takes place by transformation. That, that word, again, we talked about it last week, is metamorphosis, that we, we fully change, that inside we are totally changed. And when we change on the inside, it changes who we are on the outside. We are transformed. And that begins by changing the way we think. Eugene Peterson took the Bible and um, he wrote the Message Bible. It's actually not a translation of Scripture. It's a paraphrase of Scripture. And so it's really like him telling it in story form. I tell people a lot of times, like, hey, you know, like, I'm really struggling reading the Bible. Like, go get the Message Bible, download it, whatever. Just read it. It's, sometimes I find it, it helps me kind of understand what I'm reading. Again, a paraphrase. It's not a translation. But here's what he writes for this particular passage. His paraphrase is, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it, into it without even thinking. Like sometimes we just become normal. We don't even think about it because we haven't changed the way we think. Stephen Rung in his Romans commentary said, discipleship is not simply about changing our behavior or learning a few lessons. It requires a complete cognitive makeover. See, for us to be weird in this God way, that means we have to think dif differently than normal people think. And yet when we talk about following Jesus, our idea of changing means we change behaviors. Like if I read scripture more and I pray more and I give more and I go to church more, man, if I start doing these things and start marking these things off, I'm going to be a changed person. Those are just changing behaviors. What we're talking about here, what Paul's talking about is changing the way you think because you're fully transformed by who Christ is in your life. And when we take this step and we begin to think differently, it will adjust other areas of our life. When we think differently, we'll look at, at time differently too. We'll be better managers of it. When we think differently, we'll, we'll think about money differently. We'll be more practical with it. We won't be in debt like we may be. Um, we'll try to figure out how do I give more instead of how do I get more. When it comes to relationships, it's not like we're at Sweet Frog again, trying every flavor. No, we're taking the time and putting the effort in to, to find the person that the God is calling us to, to be in that relationship with. When it comes to something like sex, we're thinking about it differently. We're thinking about it in God's way. We're not thinking about it in the way of the world, which is completely different. To be weird means we are changing the way that we think, that we're not thinking as the, the normal world thinks. We're thinking differently. And if we can begin at that place and we can begin to think differently, then that will lead to our behaviors being different too. Second thing I would say is to be weird, we have to live differently than normal people live. Now, I know we hear that, and we may think, uh, does that mean I have to be like those weird Christians, the ones wearing leisure suits, and they got really big hair, and um, they're preaching on the corners, and they're leaving tracks in everybody's windshield wipers? No, those people are weird, okay? They are weird. We're not talking about being that kind of, of weird Christian, but we are talking about ones that are following Jesus fully, and maybe some of those people are doing that, um, just in weird ways. But uh, there, it's about our actions, that if we were to look at our life, are our actions showing that we have been transformed? Are our actions, are they too much like the, the normal world, that, that big old highway, or are they really weird? Are we, are we seeing life the way that we should see it? Because sometimes we don't. 
Sometimes we're, we're, especially followers of Christ, we're thinking about the future, right? It's like eternity. I can't wait to be with Jesus. I hate living here on this earth and it's terrible. That's the wrong attitude. We're not put here to look at earth that way or time here that way. See, we're we're only here temporarily. I I like to think of, uh, or what 1 Peter says in 1 Peter 2, 11, he, he writes this. He says, dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Every time I read that, I kind of think about traveling. You know, we're kind of traveling again. We're kind of getting out a little bit more. We're staying in hotels and condos and beach homes and, you know, mountain cabins, whatever, maybe tents, whatever you love to do. But we're getting out a little bit more, and we enjoy that. We, we go because we want it to be fun and cozy, and, you know, we kind of expect it to be clean and a good time. But, but we understand, you know, we're just, we're just here temporary. We're just here for a few moments. There's just a few things that we kind of have expectations for. A few years back, uh, Kara and I were visiting my parents down in North Carolina, and um, it was our anniversary. We didn't have a whole lot of money, so we couldn't really go away anywhere. And, but, but mom and dad were like, hey, we want you guys to celebrate. We'll take the grand, grandkids, leave them here. You guys go get a hotel room, get dinner, go have fun. I'm pretty sure we didn't even pack anything. We just ran out of the house as fast as we could, got in the car, and took off just in case they changed their minds. But we went out, we had a really great dinner, and then we went back to the hotel room. And like for me, I'm like, I'm just jumping to bed, right? It's time to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed. Kara pulls up the sheets. Maybe some of you do this when you go to a hotel or wherever. You pull the sheets up first to look just to make sure. Well, she pulls the sheets up. I'm already in the bed. I'm ready to go to sleep. And uh, she's like, oh, that's nasty. So I pop out of bed, and I'm like, what is it? She's like, look. And there are these really long, huge black hairs on her side of the bed. And I'm like, well, they're not mine, so I don't know whose they are. So I can't help you with that. (laughs) And they weren't mine. So I jumped out of the bed real quick, too. And just to, so we pulled the sheets back, and then we looked at the mattress pad, and it's like a queen-size bed, and it, the mattress pad we had was about for a baby's crib. And so I mean, we had a terrible experience. It was horrible. We were scared in the day and didn't fight back on that kind of stuff and ask for something better. Maybe they brought us some sheets. I don't remember. We may even have gone home. But, you know, when we go to a place like that, there's expectations we have, right? We, we want to enjoy that time. We want it to be fun and cozy and, and clean and pleasant. But we also understand that it's temporary. We know we're there just for a short period, and then, and then we're going to go back home. Sometimes I wonder, when we're living that normal life, do we understand that this life ends? I mean, think about life expectancy for a moment. That if we were to look at our life expectancy in the, in the, the realm of human history, I mean, do you, do you realize, and however you view human history, No matter how you view it, we're here for a very, 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 very short time. Hopefully 70 years, maybe 80. A few of us will hit 90. Maybe one will hit 100 plus. We're not here very long. We're we're just visitors in this place. We're just guests here. Like our home is to come. Our home is in the future. But again, I'm afraid too many times when we think about that, we get so focused on eternity and what's going to happen, we forget, man, if you're a follower of Christ and you're called to be weird, you're called to enjoy this life. doesn't mean it's easy. 
That doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles and hard times and tensions there and pain. doesn't mean that at all. But, but I wonder what would happen if we were to actually pray, hey, God, help me to enjoy this life more. Use me more in this life, God. Let me see the, the beauty of this world and the beauty of people in this life and to live that out fully. I mean, how would that change the world that we live in? And again, how would that change you and, and me? Because we're created to live life. I mean, I'm looking forward to home. I'm looking forward to that. But I also love that we get to be here now, even in those difficult times, and to experience what this life is like. Because when we are called to follow Jesus, when we are weird, we love this life that we have right now, and we live it differently than normal people would live it. For example, normal living would say, give up on your marriage. That as soon as something hits and something's not quite right, just move on. Weird living says, no, don't give up on it. Don't move on. All your friends are telling you to move on. You don't give up on it. You give it everything you have. You give it every, every time or every moment, every hour, all the money that you can, count, whatever it takes. Try to, try, to, try to hold on to that the best you can. Now, maybe in the end it doesn't work, but you don't just give up on it as soon as that hits, as soon as that hard time comes. You continue to work towards finding that peace within that relationship that's what weird says that's what weird living looks like normal living says spend all you have on you weird living says be generous in fact weird living says not only be generous but give it all away normal living says hate those who disagree with you weird living says no don't hate them love them love your enemies Normal living says waste your life on stuff that doesn't matter. And weird living says live life to the fullest. Like when you follow Christ and you live this weird life, you're going to live this life to the fullest. You know, like being on that vacation, it's for a short time. And I'm going to enjoy this time and I'm going to do the best I can here. I know home is coming, but right now in this life, I'm going to live it to the fullest by following Jesus. To be weird means that we live differently than normal people live. What does that look like, though, for us? How do we live this out? Well, this is the next little part here is that your weird in a God way may not be like my weird in a God way. That if you decide, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to think differently and I'm going to live differently, and you're thinking about this weird living down this, this path, now your path and my path and everyone else's path that's trying to follow Jesus, it's not going to be like we're all going down the same line. The only thing that's common is we're following Jesus. What's different is however God calls you. Like there are different paths there as we are going down through this, this open gate, this narrow gate down this narrow road. And so you're weird and the way you live that out, the way God wants you to live that out may be very different than mine. For, for example, maybe your living weird is living beneath your means. That God's like, hey, and, and for you, like, you don't need more debt. You don't need to buy that. You don't need to make that decision. No, here's what you need to do. You need to save more. Not, not so you can retire. Not, not so you can retire at 40 instead of 65. But man, I want you to save more. And here's why. Because I want you to be generous with what you have. I want you to give to nonprofits. I want you to give to mission organizations. I want you to give to orphanages. I want you to give to churches. I want you to give more of what you have. And, and that requires you to leave, live beneath your means. Maybe that's the weird God is calling you into. Maybe for others, especially living in a place like this, is to take a job that frees up more of our time. I mean, if we had more time, how much more time could we spend in our relationships 
in our marriages, with our kids, our dating relationships, friendships, church connections, whatever it may be. But we're so busy. We've got so many things going on. And maybe God's saying, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time for you to change jobs. Or, or maybe God's saying, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time for you to say no. Like you're at work and everybody loves you. And they're like, hey, we want you on this project. We want you to lead this team. And we need you to go on this trip. And you're like, these are opportunities, right? I got to take opportunities. Yes, 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 yes. But you don't have any time for anything else. And maybe God's like, hey, <laughs> stop saying yes. You, you need to say no. What are they going to do? They're going to fire you? <laughs> maybe they do, but maybe that's God kind of in your life saying, hey, I told you to live a weird life and you're doing it. I've got you. I've got you covered here. Maybe that's what it looks like for us in our work world. Maybe being weird for us, living a weird life, is that God calls you to move somewhere. Uh, you all know we live in a place where people move all the time. You know, our church here, we have a lot of military families that, that come and go. and We're a transient community. People are moving for new jobs. Uh, maybe you're moving because of PCSN, or maybe you're moving for a job, or maybe you just want to be closer to home, and you're like, hey, I'm going to move back closer to home. I just want to be near my family. I'm not talking quite about that. What I'm talking about is that God's calling you to move for a very specific reason. And it could be God's like, hey, I want you to go to this town. I want you to start a nonprofit. And you're like, well, that sounds weird. But God's like, hey, I want you to be weird. Go do it. Go make it happen. Maybe for you, it is to move back home because there's a person in your family you've been praying for that's not a follower of Christ. And, and you're like, I feel like God's called me to move back home, not to be around my parents because I really don't want to do that. But I want to be near this person because I want to spend more time with them. And God's like, yep, you're listening to me. Maybe for others, it's to go work with some mission organization somewhere. Maybe it's you hear about someone you know that's planning a church. You're like, I'm supposed to go. We're supposed to go with them. This is what God's calling us to do. And maybe that's the weird living for your life. And then maybe for others, God's calling you to do something right here. Too many times we kind of think God's calling me somewhere else. What God's calling you to is something here. God's calling you to start that Bible study in your workplace. Or, or God's calling you to start that parenting group in your neighborhood. Or, or God's calling you to help first-generation families that have moved here and, and they need help understanding how do I do this stuff with the computer and how do I set up an email address so I can get resources, so I can go out and get a job. I mean, maybe these are the things God's calling you to. And by the way, you don't have to come to the church because this happens a lot. People are like, I feel like God's calling me to do this. If God's calling you, go do it. You don't need to come here like, can we get permission from God? To, we're not mediators here, right? Just go make it happen. You don't even have to tell anybody. Just go do it. Because if that's what God's calling you to do, then that's the weird life that God's called you into. And God says, hey, follow my lead, and I will show you where to go. Because your weird may be different than my weird that God has called us into. As we think about living this weird life, we're going to think differently than normal people think. We're going to live differently than normal people live. We're going to go down uh, maybe the same path, go through that same gate, but the path may wander off a little bit because our weird may be different. But there's actually a reason that we do this. And the reason is that we get the opportunity to actually influence the lives of others. I want to go back to First Peter, and I want to read it from the Message Bible, that paraphrase I was telling you about a little bit earlier, because, again, I love the way Peterson writes this. He says, Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. 
if we live a weird life, if we begin by thinking differently and we're living differently and we're following this path God sent us on, if we live differently, if we live weird, we will have the opportunity to influence others because they're going to notice your weirdness. And they're going to ask you, like, don't take this the wrong way, but you're weird. Why are you weird? Why do you act this way? Why are you different than, than everybody else? And you get to then say, well, it's because I like to follow Jesus. Because when you're weird, people who are normal are going to take notice. And people that are normal, they're going to ask questions. And people that are normal, they're going to start watching you. And so if we're living this weird life, they're going to see how you respond to hurts and crisis and pain. Because more than likely, if you're weird, you're going to respond differently than they would. They're going to listen or watch how you react to tough moments and tough conversations and tough words because they know how the normal people respond. How do weird people respond? They'll notice that in you. They're going to hear what you say to others, what kind of language you use. Are you encouraging people? Or are you discouraging people? Because if you're encouraging people, that's so abnormal today. They're going to watch or they're going to listen for that. And they're going to be like, that's not what normal people do. Why are you so weird? They're going to watch how you give to those in need. They're going to see how you help others with food or money or gift cards or gifts or whatever it may be to help them along. They're going to see that and like, that's not what normal people do. What is it about you? Why are you so weird? And we get to say, well, I'm weird because of following Jesus. That I think differently, I live differently. My life is fully all about following Jesus. And when we do that and we take that weird path, God will use that to influence the lives of others. Because again, when we look at normal, normal isn't working. We think it is. It looks great, but, but the reality is normal's not working. And we're called to be different. We are called to be weird and to live this weird life. But here's the deal. You and I, we get to choose which path we want to take. We can choose the highway, be like everybody else, or we can choose God's way. We can choose this weird world or this weird life that we've been asked to live. And here's what I will tell you you will find over here. You will find peace and you will find joy and you will find incredible fulfillment. It's not perfect and there's always bumps in the road. There's always tough times. But if that is our path and we live this weird life, God will use us in incredible ways. Even though our time here is temporary, to influence the lives of others and to make a difference in this world. But you and I, we have to choose which path we take. As we go into our time of communion this morning, I want to read something out of Matthew chapter 10. I added a little bit to it here, but in Matthew 10, 39, Jesus says, if you cling to your normal life, you will lose it. But if you give up your normal life for me, you will find it. See, the first weird choice we have to make is to follow Jesus. Now, if you think about Jesus for a second, Jesus was a weird man. He's teaching these weird things. His death was really weird. But what was even more weird was he came back to life. And so the, this dead man comes back to life to give us hope, to give us peace, to show us what unconditional love looks like. This was a, a gift from God. And so now we're called to be weird too. And maybe for some of us this morning, we've got to take that first step in our weird path. And maybe for you, that's something like baptism. 
to take that step of baptism in your life. And if that's where you are, if you want to have a conversation about that, let us know through that connection card that's online or uh, on your app today. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe for others of us today, as we take communion, we're followers of Jesus. We're trying to walk down that, that weird path, and we just need to be reminded that God gave his son to us in this really weird way for us to be reminded that we're weird too and that we're called to be weird every single day. And so right now, I invite you, if you're here in this place, to grab your wafer. If you're at home, grab whatever bread or crackers you may have. And as we take this, this bread this morning, may it remind us that we are called to think differently and to think weirdly in this world. Let's take this wafer together. As we take communion... Let's be reminded of the influence Jesus has had on our life so that now we can be used to have an influence on the lives of others. Let's drink together. God, we are grateful and thankful for the gift of Jesus, the sacrifice of him to world, this world and to humanity. God, we... Um, we want to we fly down that highway of normalcy. And I, I know it looks fun and enjoyable, but God, it's full of crashes and wrecks, and, and there's lots of, of being lost there. God, you've called us to be weird, not to separate ourselves from normalcy and not to separate ourselves from others, but to, to live a weird life in such a way that others take notice and invite us to answer their questions and, and want to know why we're so different. And it's those moments we get to say it's because of following Jesus. So God, let us be weird. Normal isn't working. And we know that peace and hope and joy and love and kindness, God, that comes, that fulfillment, it comes from following Jesus. So God, my prayer right now as we end our time together, as we start this series, as God, you would bring more and more weird people to this earth. In Jesus' name, amen.